Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, it's podcast for the busy gamer and jumping in between your fortnightly dose of gaming goodness, we have some massive gaming news, all thanks to last week's E3. Now, we are going to take about maybe five minutes each, give or take, we're going to take about 15 minutes and dive into our thoughts on the whole expo as well as the things we're looking forward to in a way to help condense things for you as a busy gamer. And uh, I guess, can I throw to Matt? As uh, uh, Would you like to open things up? Sure. Okay. Uh, this is unexpected. Uh, where the hell is Sony? Like, I know that they were not going to be there because they said that they weren't going to be there, but where are they? I don't like this. This isn't how it should go. I want Xbox versus Sony... Like PlayStation versus Nintendo, and I want them to fight. And I don't like that Sony thinks that they're above it all, because that's what it is. That's really what it is. And I mean, they're right. <laughs> but I honestly think they just didn't have anything worth presenting. That's, but that's what not it many feels people like. did. Well, yeah, that's what it feels like. Is maybe they had stuff and they wanted to save it for their, because they do have a Sony Expo of their own, and they were obviously like saving mm. it for that. But then I just feel like oh, then you're not doing anything. Like Nintendo still have their Nintendo Direct scattered throughout like the year. I would say the Pokemon Direct that happened before E3 doesn't count as part of E3. And then Pokemon was still featured in E3. Like they still had stuff to show. Like, you know, at E3 is when you go, we have a Spider-Man game. And then at the Sony Expo, they go, here's what the Spider-Man game is. Yeah, and I didn't... Like- They'd rather everybody else do the heavy lifting. All the sort of PlayStation-aligned announcements were just done by the publishers. Mm. Yeah, and, like, I don't have huge beef with it, but it it definitely, there was a shift of tone. And this is going to sound weird. It was more celebratory. And that's nice. And I love that we live in such a happy world where we can all be friends. But there's a part of me that's like, hang on, E3 was where... They didn't hold the punches, and they did stuff like, oh, here is how you share games on PlayStation and, like, smash it. Like, Xbox trying to cut ahead of Sony but not working. Nintendo, depending on the generation, destroying the competition or destroying themselves. Like, it was just such a good rhythm we had. And now we're all friends, and I don't think I like it. But is it though? You need more drama in your life. <laughs> exactly right. Is it because they uh, they didn't have enough? So Microsoft revealed Project Scarlet, and even though it was just kind of details about the next generation Xbox console, did perhaps Sony have even less than that? And so rather than go in underprepared they're just like wow we're not going then because we'll just cop flack for being behind yeah that's what it is like that's what we there's always been like a good year then an off year and a good year and an off year and this is definitely an off year but it remains to be seen whether or not next year will be a good year for them will they return or will they keep being above it all um but besides from that uh, there was a lot of memes, which I'm sure everybody knows. Um, I'm not going to take some away, but like Bam Bam the dog with John Bernthal. That was cute. Didn't care about the game, but I love the dog <laughs> and I love John Bernthal. Uh, and then that meme girl, I forget her name, the about Ghostwire Tokyo. I didn't 
watch that part of E3, but I saw all the memes about the girl, and I'm glad that they exist because Ghostwire Tokyo looks sick. Like, oh, it's spooky. What exactly is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, but uh, it's it's like people got snapped, like Thanos snapped, but we don't know who Thanos is or what's going on, and that's like so people just disappear uh, one day, and that's kind of it goes from there exploring that world i don't know much of the gameplay um speaking of don't know much of the gameplay kingdom hearts 3 dlc trailer was nothing i watched it and i got nothing i got nothing at all from that i guess Uh, it's just going hey here's some more coming Mm. yeah maybe but my wife goes like oh it looks like you can play as roxas and i went does it does it (laughs) say you can play anything because as far as I'm concerned, it's just a movie because they've done that before. Kingdom Hearts has released like parts of games just as movies, which I don't hate that because like you do you you with your lore in game and stuff. I would kill to watch a Dark Souls movie made by From. Uh, uh, but Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC, remind nothing. I, I don't mind. I don't care. Kind of like Marvel Avengers showed nothing, but at least they had gameplay for attendees, and a lot of people are going, it was only single-player stuff we saw, uh, but it was a lot like Tomb Raider. So at least we know what that is. Like, I'm just glad that we know what that is now. Does that just mean a third-person run around, fight the bad guys? What do they mean by it's like Tomb Raider? Yeah, that's a weird comparison. Well, see, because that's the problem, is we only know the starting single-player part of Avengers from what people have said, and the start is very, like, set PC. It's only single-player when this whole time it's been described as multiplayer. Um, and it's... I I don't know what it is because I've just heard what people say it's like. Because I didn't... I didn't go to E3 because <laughs> I've never been to E3. I'm just a spectator, which is maybe why I wish I could watch Sony fight Microsoft. Maybe it's not as good up close. I would like to define the Avengers A-Day reveal as cool with a question mark. <laughs> yeah, that's what the trailer was like. It's like, ah, oh, that was a nice cool mo- movie that someone made for their uh, like their design class at school. I don't know. Uh, and I'll, I'll finish off with two things just real quickly. Pokemon Sword and Shield not having all the Pokemon is a good chance to mix up the meta because it's like the developers are making their own rules of what is banned and what isn't. Because in Pokemon competitive play, there's always been like banned Pokemon and what. And I would say odds are that a lot of the legendaries are going to be cut out. A lot of the legendaries that you don't know the name of. Tornados? Is that real? Did you make that up? <laughs> what is it a bird or is it a genie? I don't know. Let's get rid of them. Cool. Now it's just Charizard again. I like that. Uh, and the very last thing is Final Fantasy VII took too much time because it was the only time I could listen to the uh, Square Enix thing as it was happening, and it's all I heard. And unlike other people in this podcast, I don't give a crap about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Maybe I will when it comes out, but right now I sure as hell don't. And... No game is warranted taking up a good 20, 30 minutes of my life when I want to hear about Marvel Avengers. 
<laughs> this is where I kick open the proverbial saloon door and everybody goes quiet and I look at you, Matt, in the eyes and I go, howdy, partner. I don't know where I'm going with this, but the point is, you're wrong. Is, is this Final Fantasy FF7? <laughs> no, Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, of course, it's what like I'm glad it's what they led with. I'm glad they took up, well, at most a third of their conference. You're just salty because you you spent your time on something that you didn't want to get spent on. You know, something great. Um, sure. No, they did. They did good. They they showed off gameplay. I think it was good that they did spend a lot of time on it because people have been very iffy on it like it got announced and then it took a long time to find out any more information and when we did it was episodic um and people started to get worried so they took time and be like no no it's okay this is how it's going to be here's some gameplay here's in-depth gameplay here's more characters more trailers and they quelled any worries i think for the most part so they did they did a good job with that there it's just that they started it with it which is unfortunate for matt because it's all he got to hear instead of instead of that cool game we got a (laughs) Awesome game. I, I just would have. <laughs> yeah, go. I felt that it wasn't simply the focus on Final Fantasy VII because I really enjoyed watching uh, the gameplay of it. I thought, wow, mm. this looks like really good for Final Fantasy. Like they're really modernizing it and mixing it up. I'm like, wow, this yeah. looks sick. Uh, it was the fact that. They then went, and then there's this Final Fantasy remake, and this one's coming out, and this one's now on this console. It's like, yes, we know that you will port every version of Final Fantasy <laughs> Square Enix. You don't need lengthy, like, short film trailers for everybody. They don't need it. We know you're going to do it because that's what you make. We know that's what yeah. you make. Yeah, for everything else, I probably, like... In comparison, could have just been like, oh yeah, and this and this and this. The next, the only other one I would allow a little bit of um, embezzling. That's not the right word. <laughs> Embellishing. Yes, <laughs> is um, the Final Fantasy VIII uh, remaster because. But is it the, even a true remaster? Is that? It's because like it hasn't had a re-release. I don't think at all since um, since the PlayStation one. Because I mean, I heard that they'd lost the source code, but I don't know how. True that is, but you know we're getting it now, so people should be happy, and we'll probably shut up because it's just the same game, but um, on uh, modern platforms. Shall I continue through with my uh, thoughts then? Please yes. do, so- or we might get stuck on Final Fantasy like Square Enix did. Okay, I hang on. I I will. <laughs> I'm going to say this because I said specifically I might care about Final Fantasy VII. I just want to let Adrian know that I have bought a PlayStation Classic while they were on sale for like a third of the price that they were on release. So the chances of me playing Final Fantasy VII have gone up quite a lot. So just You know what? Don't play it. Wait for the remake. Play that. That's the in. If anybody has been like, oh, I don't know. Because like I'm the same. I hate hate turn plays. I hate turn-based gameplay, and that extends to Pokemon too. But I love the world of Pokemon, and so I love the and, and I love the world of Final Fantasy VII. What got me into it originally was Kingdom Hearts, then the movies, some other games, and then I finally played the actual game. This is this one. This remake is going to be the the in Final. Everyone loves the story of Final Fantasy VII, and if you don't, you love the characters from Kingdom Hearts or, or something else. Final Fantasy VII remake is the in because it's more westernized, it's more action-based than turn-based. If you don't love it, I won't love you. Simple. <laughs> but let's move on to something we all love, 
and uh, the industry loves. And that's the next thing note on mine is just Breath of the Wild 2. Cool. Nice to know they're working on it. Called it, by the way. Nice to know yeah, they're working on it, cool. but uh, will it actually? Is it, are we going to have a Breath of the Wild situation where it's going to be the last game on the Switch <laughs> before moving to a new console? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. I think Nintendo are pretty set on the Switch for at least a little while. If they don't, they might do like Switch Pluses or something, but um, I'm curious, like, how are they going to do a sequel? Because the map was already so massive and intertwined, so it's like, are they going to a different world? What did you like, what, Maju- like a Majora's Mask? Did you watch the trailer? The Hyrule Castle lifts up out of the ground oh, as if it's going okay, to travel. I, that. Ah, okay. I, I didn't pick that up actually. But so, someone, I, I did. Legend of Zelda, um, Super Mario Galaxy. That's the, that's that's the crossover. Space uh, Now, now hear, hear me out. How sick would it have been if the castle lifted up, all right, and then kept lifting and on the bottom of the castle is revealed the face of the moon from Majora's Mask. That's terrible. Oh. <laughs> but that would have been so sick, though. Uh, yes, but it, that it w- it wouldn't fly as a real game. Oh. Uh, but that's that's all I can really say about Breath of the Wild 2, just because there's not much else to be well, known. It's interesting uh, that it, it looks like it's a direct sequel, which... Yeah, which they haven't done in a while. Yes. Not since uh, Phantom Hourglass was a direct sequel to Wind Waker. Yeah. Uh, the next thing that's kind of cool for me is Smash character DLCs. We got Banjo-Kazooie and we got Dragon Quest Hero. Don't really care about that latter one, but that former. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm keen, I'm keen, I'm keen. Oh, in saying that, anyone else who is keen about Banjo-Kazooie, do not listen to our Banjo-Kazooie episode because <laughs> you will not respect us anymore. <laughs> Hey, maybe this maybe maybe if this does well, they'll uh, finally do a remake. Well, we already have the wonderful nuts and bolts on Xbox 360. Oh yeah, I'm happy. Uh, he's I'm happy that they're there because they are iconic and they've sort of been away from Nintendo for too long because Rare getting bought out by Microsoft. But if you know, if like Sonic and Snake are going to find their way into Smash Bros, then it was inevitable. And I'm and I'm very happy, even though Banjo-Kazooie is now a piece of trash. <laughs> <laughs> Play Crash Bandicoot. Uh, That's a better game from the same <laughs> era. My next uh, little note here is... Really the only awesome part of E3... My, my next few comments are basically just about E3 in a, as a whole. But... Um, Top top moment from E3 for everybody, and if you if it wasn't, you're lying. Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah. I came fresh out of like watching um, John Wick three into this, and I was like, oh, I could not be more erect for this man right now. <laughs> oh jeez. But also just oh, his way he acted on stage. He's a beautiful man. Um, it was a little was mildly. He was a little bit wooden on stage, but it was charming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was charm. It's the Keanu charming. Just like that in general, to be honest. <laughs> But um, slip in I was breathtaking. mildly interested. <laughs> I was mildly interested in um, Cyberpunk before. Like, oh yeah, cool. The guys who made Witcher, that's a good game. This looks more down my alley, but I'll I might wait until it uh gets some reviews. Maybe I'll get it at like twenty or like fifty percent off. But now it's got Keanu. It may very well be a day one purchase case. And he's he's not even like just a weird cameo. He is apparently like one of your main side characters so 
you're going to see him a lot. And if Cyberpunk is anything like uh, The Witcher, then you might be able to have sex with Keanu Reeves. I'm just putting that yes. out there. You might be able to get the John Dick. <laughs> there is... <laughs> uh, is that what happened? <laughs> you killed my dog. <laughs> oh, no. There is a theory, That's... though, that old yes. Keanu. Uh, the character that he's playing is from Cyberpunk 2020, the tabletop role-playing game. Uh, and therefore, in 2077, there's a theory that he's not completely there that the trailer suggests that uh that his like his consciousness perhaps exists and that's and will interact with the player a lot but if physically keanu's character might already be dead yeah i did didn't he look like a hologram yeah and people are suggesting that but it's cybernetic so he could very well be alive yeah, implanted in, new, in a new body or something. Yeah, or just he was remote, remotely holographic to you in that scene and he's somewhere else. Just letting you know that you had a city to burn yes. over, over the intercom, you know. My, lastly, for my E3 review, there's a lot of cool indie titles that came up and a, a lot of mostly trailers for things. So it was very down near and a lot of it has me like, I don't know if it's me getting older and more adult, but not very much got me like, oh, yes, can't wait. Even the Breath of the Wild, I was like, oh, cool, they're doing it. That's good. Most things are like, that's interesting. Like, Doom Eternal looks amazing. Loved the first one. But even then, I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll wait like a few months till it's, till it's discounted. Um, Yeah, not much got me super pumped. And that's my E3 review. Well... Over in uh, my little camp, I am very excited for a couple of things. Speaking of sort of small indies, they're not really indie as such. It's a combination between Bandai Namco and Double Fine Productions. Double Fine is run by Tim Schafer, who made a lot of the LucasArts classic uh, adventure games back in the day. Yes. And they have made uh, what looks like a really cool game called Rad. And Rad is going to be on the Switch. It's similar to like a Bastion. It's an isometric kind of uh, hack and slash, like run around. Cool. And it's really cool. In It's it's post-post-apocalyptic, they describe it as. There's been <laughs> oh. two apocalypses. And you, uh, you play, it's kind of roguelike as well, and it's procedurally generated. Um, you live in like this little town. And no one's, like, gone outside in years, but you need to leave your town. And they send you out, and the sort of elder of the town is like, oh, everything's like a mess out there, and you're going to be hit with heaps of rads. You're going to be hit with, like, radiation, and it's going to make you mutate. And that's the game, like, mechanic. Your abilities and power-ups are random mutations that happen to you while you're out in the wasteland. So there's some gameplay uh, through, I think it was IGN, where they're playing and uh, it's like instead of experience, you gain rads and then so you level up and the person, the player's arm gets replaced by an arm covered in fire and it's called a fire arm. And then <laughs> <creative>. <laughs> and then you've got, because you just start with a baseball bat and then 
So now you can throw fireballs and then they level up again and they get an ability called Gnarly and their legs are replaced by tree trunks. And so there's like, Ooh. it physically changes the character and changes the gameplay. And it and you can't can't bet exactly on what you're going to get. And by chance, they were saying that, well, they've got firearm now and they've got the gnarly legs. There's a combination that only those two traits can do together. And so it's really cool that there's going to be lots of mixing and matching and uh, it just looks fun and it looks perfect for the Switch being like quick, fast paced, run around, beat up stuff, explore little dungeons, get resources for the town, that kind of thing. looks really good. Is it roguelike? Yes. Uh, so I believe okay. that if you die, it's just a new, like a new wanderer goes out. Okay. Um, I'm, I need to find out more about it, but it looks really interesting. And then uh, sticking to the Switch for a second, we will have a look at Luigi's Mansion 3 because I love Luigi's Mansion. Uh, he's a delightful green baby boy uh, with <laughs> so much personality. Mario is a piece of wood compared to Luigi. and uh, Fact. Fact. But I don't need to pull him down to bring Luigi up, no, because uh, this time around it's it's gone all the way up because it's set in a hotel and there's going to be lots of themed floors. It's just It's just good fun. It's just Luigi's Mansion 3, but you get multiplayer this time and the multiplayer is is not like ham-fisted because without the second player, you would actually have to do it yourself. Gooigi is a goo version of Luigi that yeah. Professor Egad creates, and there will be particular puzzles that only Gooigi can do. So if you have a second player, you can just do it quicker, which is good, instead of like Luigi goes to like sleep and his, his mind travels into Gooigi. Um, and then if you yeah, kill the, terrifying. the other Gu- <laughs> Luigi, then he's trapped inside the goo. <laughs> it's horrific. <laughs> and then we find out that all along, Luigi has been a Gooigi. Yes. Uh, and something went horribly, <laughs> and Mario. horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking forward to Luigi's Mansion on the Switch. We've all wanted it for a long time, Luigi's Mansion fans, because Luigi's Mansion 2 or 3, yes, was good fun, but console was where it was at uh jump back for a second as we were talking about rad and post-apocalyptic it could have gone either way here outer worlds uh bethesda you're dead to me because obsidian are the real (laughs) they make the best fallout and they've done it again with outer worlds uh it's like fallout new vegas but set in space uh there's a there are two planets that you'll be playing on as well as multiple like space stations and one of the best features I think of Outer Worlds is the phobia system where you can gain uh, perks as well as debuffs based on what you're good and bad against. So if you get killed a lot by robots, uh, you could get like robot phobia, like it has an actual name, cyberphobia kind of thing. Or if you get burnt a lot with fire, you'll get pyrophobia and there'll be a there'll be a plus and a minus where you might take more damage to fire but you might do more damage to enemies wielding fire kind of thing like because you really want to kill them to make sure the fire stays away that kind of thing it's more nuanced than that but there are benefits they try and entice you to take these flaws because they want you to be a flawed hero not like a great savior of a hero sort of thing you're just 
it's actually the the beginning is almost similar to Rage, which is also rubbish, and I don't care about Rage 2. <laughs> no matter what you say, E3, I do not care. You just want to be Borderlands. At this point, you you realise Rage 1 didn't want work. Rage 2 is just wanting to be Borderlands. I'd rather go play Borderlands 3, which is looking good. But Outer Worlds, what was I saying? It's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sums up what you were saying. And finally, uh, have we got a good Star Wars game on our hands in Jedi The Fallen Order? I'm going to say yes. It looks good, doesn't it? It does look it's good. looking good. I think it's a pretty safe bet that even if it's not... Uh, exactly what we all wanted. Maybe it's no Jedi Outcast or Jedi um, Academy, but it's going to be far better than the Battlefronts we've gotten recently and better than Force Unleashed. And I enjoyed Force single, Unleashed. Single player is just the way to go for Star Wars, I think. Single player stories or like story-based games are just the way to go. And then uh, I think we will call it there. We tried to go as fast as we could. <laughs> yeah, it it did take it took longer than we thought, but it was. I guess that proves, I think we spent about twenty minutes on Final Fantasy VII. Sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, I think it goes to show that even an E three that I have said is kind of not the best is is still a fantastic E three. E three is the magical time of the year. It is Christmas for gaming nerds. Uh, <laughs> Christmas. Like, it is. It well, no, it's not like Christmas. It's like it's like Easter. Getting to choose what you want for Christmas. <laughs> it's like Easter to Christmas. This is the like confirmation that it games exist and then Christmas is when you play the games when they come out. So it it depends on the game itself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We hope uh, you enjoyed. Let us know your favorite things for E3 because Everyone has different interests, so some people aren't interested in Final Fantasy VII, and then everybody else is. Um, you know, so let us know what you liked and what you're, uh, what you want us to play, because there's going to be a lot of stuff that we might have to be playing coming up for sure. Yeah, uh, you know what was my favorite uh, announcement for E3? What? Go. Eternal Darkness: Sanity's Redemption. What you don't is that you, for real? you don't know what I'm talking about? Did we oh. miss one? Did, you, did we miss one? Oh, these suckers haven't played enough, have they? <laughs> That's right. I'm plugging our next episode, which should be up next week, which is we are playing Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Adrian. I've been Matt. And I've been Michael. And and there's our guest star, Keanu Reeves. Thank you. <laughs> You're breathtaking. Look, I just want to receive an applause, as much applause as Todd Howard does for doing absolutely nothing, you know? I I would disagree with you, but you're right. Have you played 76? (laughs) 